Hello and welcome to Pulpy Fictions, a home for conversations about the movies, TV shows, books, anime, video games, or whatever you like so much, you love it. Let's take a deeper look into what they actually mean to us and the reason why that is. My name is Ryder, the beholder of many things, a contemporary nerd who talks way too much. And with me today, and probably most days, is Brando the Mando. Together with you, we are going to get to the bottom of this fiction. Now, I have to warn everyone that this is going to be spoiler-filled. Maybe not to the brim, but definitely a few of the key elements. We definitely discuss that in this segment. So, be forewarned. If you step beyond these gates, information shall be available to you that you may not be happy with. So, that being said, let's get to the bottom of this fiction. And today, this fiction is Eternals. Hello, hello. I guess we can also definitely go through go through the questions that uh that uh, Abby wrote. So are, they, are these questions specifically Abby, or did they come from you as well, or did you read any of them? Or no, they came specifically from her. But I mean, I agree with a good portion of them. A good so. portion of them. Okay, so you read them already. I decided to not read them. I think I read the first one, which I do kind of agree with. I don't really understand. The other ones I am not aware of, so it'll be interesting there. So I guess, first of all, we'll just say that we're obviously going to be discussing Eternals and everything like that, about what happened, what we think, because it's kind of a wild ball of a Marvel movie. I don't think of this one is a very, very standout one. You know, kind of like how Doctor Strange was kind of like a standout one where it was kind of like an acid trip of a movie, it's like superhero fighting and stuff. This one was, you know, it is completely different and gives you a different aspect of the Marvel Universe. So first of all, what would you, what did you think, Brennan? What was your what was your opinion? I liked it. Coming into it with having heard very mixed reviews across the board People I had talked to, things I had read online, people either loved it or they hated it. And there was a lot more hate for it than I think there was love. I can see why, only because it's not your quote-unquote typical MCU movie at this point. Like, there's not one defined hero. There's not this epic build-up to what's going on. You're kind of just thrown into the storyline back and forth in some flashback sequences and it's like okay here's what's going on oh yeah the world's gonna be destroyed (laughs) yeah it is pretty wild in that regard it kind of like it has no stops you know like from like beginning and it's pretty crazy i really dug how it kind of like highlighted how they have kind of always been there and stuff there were a couple aspects that I thought were really interesting. Let's see. I did like how like some of like their abilities, well, a, a bit generic in a lot of ways, kind of like general like powers and stuff kind of manifested from themselves. Like Kingo's like guns were kind of like, you know, like extensions of himself. And obviously like Fastos could like create shit and, you know, like use that to go around, which is pretty dope. Same thing with Gilgamesh. You know, he had kind of like those like hammer hands and stuff. Gilgamesh was my favorite hands down. Yeah, dude, Gilgamesh was so cool. I mean, because he was like, he was kind of like a hippie badass, you know? I don't know. Like, he was, I don't know. I liked his little life that him and Athena had made. I think part of it for me was through middle school and high school reading Greek tragedies and things like that. Gilgamesh being, like, putting that into a movie and being, and the whole, like, Icarus comment of, 
oh yeah the the guy who flew too close to the sun like it just and yeah. athena yeah. athena being athena the goddess of war mm-hmm. like it it was really cool for yeah. me like seeing all of that kind of into the whole you know they've always been there aspect yeah yeah that, that one that was pretty cool in fact i liked how like it, it kind of they came in it showed like them being there had uh footprints but he didn't really know how it was going to impact it so obviously and like athena becoming athena and stuff like that i actually re-watching it and kind of going through i noticed one thing i thought was pretty cool whenever cersei was coming back into school because she was late and she said that that she knows that she was late to a statue she said to charles darwin but she said it like you know like i know i'm i'm late charlie which has kind of led me to believe that maybe she knew him you know like whenever shit was you know right to to some degree she was like buddy buddy with charles darwin yeah yeah which would be pretty interesting you know i don't know i re- i really liked i don't know i really liked the kind of like showing like the passage of time and what that did to them individually you know because each one had kind of like their own different path you know like fastos like loved humans but then ended up hating them and then kind of like finding redemption in that like by finding his family and having a kid and knowing what it means to kind of be a human in a regard where druig who is actually kind of like one of my favorites i love druig I like I like druig a lot um he was he was super badass whenever he came in with a shotgun you know what i'm talking about yeah, <laughs> he just completely. Remember that part of that? Yeah, dude. The fight scenes in this movie were sick. Also, just a quick note on like inclusion in the movie. Like, shout out to Disney and Marvel for having a major yeah, of part of the movie, part of the interaction between the characters, being that one of them was deaf. Like using sign language as a major like. Yeah accepted way of communication and i mean a completely diverse cast obviously and then hitting on the same-sex relationship once we got to present day for uh was it pathos fastos fastos yes like just all of those things like not things you've gotten out of marvel movies before and i think like props to marvel and disney for using this kind of like out there movie to really like bring those things into it no yeah of course and you know a lot of people was actually giving it shit because of that because you know they were like you know like we don't need this kind of shoved down our throat and stuff like that you kind of general stuff you normally you normally hear but i honestly i thought that it was kind of done in like in a reasonable way that kind of just i mean it's you know like why would you shove this in our face but it's the equivalent of like if he had had a wife like would that have been shoving it in his face that he was like you know heterosexual i think it was all incredibly tasteful yeah of course like none of it was meant to be like we're trying to like give this to you on a plate you have to eat it like yeah it's here it exists like it is what it is yeah was my thought process on no no no, of course and so i I thought that it was done kind of like in a natural way so i don't know why people were reacting like that but the only thing and like while i do agree that like you know like showing the kind of like deaf and bring it to the forefront where uh anyone can kind of signify with that in like a superhero movie and stuff like that kind of like bringing it like to the to the topic one thing that i did have a question about is that you know technically as you find out at the end of the movie towards the end of the movie that they're kind of like all creations and stuff so like did that go wrong in her situation and like her build? You know, like I don't really know, but I guess I did talk about that with Thena a little bit too. But like, right, her like memory, you know, and that's why she kind of like, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. And with Sprite being a child versus being an adult like the rest of them. Yes, that's actually I noticed that's the one question that I did read that I do I do kind of have like questions about because I'm not really sure about that. I mean, whenever it showed kind of like the pan out and like all the people it showed people of different size and shape and stuff. So maybe they wanted them to kind of fit amongst amongst them at in all levels, but at the end of the day it doesn't really matter because, you know, they're there to to only protect from certain things anyway. I don't really know. I don't really know what the purpose with what that is. Honestly, you know, it might be that situation where like RSM wants to like be, he wants to be kind of like this like omnipotent being. So like to where everything he does is with purpose. You know what I mean? Um, and I get maybe in a way too, because it helps sell the deal that, that like they're going to be going back to Olympia right. because like they're taken away from their home to do these things. So maybe it would be more believable if one was them, one of them was like younger, but I'm not, again, I'm not really sure. It's an odd one. Anyway, we'll get to the questions later. That's a strange one. I do. I do. I do agree. Let's see. Overall, I thought that the fights were fantastic. I know a lot of it was CGI, but it looked probably like some of the best CGI that Marvel has done in a while. Like there were a couple things in Shang-Chi that I thought kind of like weren't as great when it came to the CGI stuff. But this one I thought was done in a really, a really good way. And you can tell that like the kind of like basics of the shots were done in a very tasteful way. Like in a, you know, I mean, like like Chloe Zhao, the director is a is a kind of like an Oscar nominated and winning director. You can kind of tell that from her. Kind of like a Oscar nominated. Yeah, kind of. You know, like no big deal. But uh, so like like the first shot, whenever you see them right after they like la- uh, Icarus laser beams the first deviant into the ocean from like the tribes people, and then like the, he descends. But it's like such a, like a wide angle. There's so much empty space around them, and there's like half of it is split like kind of like rocky terrain. The other half is like big like like open sky, and then it shows like the five of them or whatever kind of like lined up and stuff. You know, like it's that kind of like cinematic moments, those kind of cinematic moments that kind of sell at home that it's like more of a tasteful thing than it is just like, it's more of like an art project in a lot of regards and it's just kind of like a regular comic book movie. You know, obviously it does kind of end up being kind of a brawl in the end. But I thought that a lot of the movie kind of hinged on like you getting to know these characters quickly through the things that they've done and they've, if they've experienced, you know, especially like through the, the callbacks you can kind of see the differences between like present day versus what they were like like you know what happened with druig and where he ended up being and same thing with fastos even though his was kind of a little bit shoehorned in there because they showed like nagasaki and or no it was uh hiroshima and you know like what kind of moment he had but then they were like oh well he's he's fine now he has family yeah um you know so i think that if you really aren't ready to kind of buy it i mean you, like a guardians of the galaxy was kind of a funny action romp that introduced a lot of characters but still there were only maybe a little bit more than half of the amount of characters that were introduced in this movie that we all had to kind of get behind there was like 10 characters in this movie that we have to kind of like embrace you know very quickly and then the stakes were there and so obviously right. and again not going too far into it because i'll do the breakdown later but like obviously they had to get some of those out of their hand for the main story so they can focus in on certain people so the story would hit home if you know what i'm talking about because remember like the leader isn't really there for most of the main like, right yeah so but we'll talk about that that stuff later but so i thought that like the cinematography was fine was really really good i thought the writing was you know i mean you know about as good as a Marvel movie normally does. It got a little bit more kind of terrifying, you know, kind of got like, kicked in like whatever that phobia is of like giant things, wherever she's like <laughs> standing in the face of Arsham in his hand or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. It can be kind of like really like, especially with, on a streaming on Disney Plus, they have like the IMAX like yep. percentages and stuff. So 
you have a good TV, you get to kick right in. Anyway, so like they did that really, really well. I have a question. And again, we'll go more into this in the breakdown and stuff. But did you know about the turn? Like the kind of the flip? No. So, you okay, you didn't see that coming. It was spoiled no. for me. Like, I kind of, it didn't shock me, uh-huh. but I definitely was surprised by it. Like, I didn't fully see it coming. You didn't fully see it coming. Yeah, I didn't, oh, I, I knew it was coming because I had kind of got spoiled for me a little bit. And it made me a little bit excited because there's a lot about Icarus that really, like, really resonates. And like Chloe Zhao, the director, has talked about this, but it really resonates like Man of Steel, Superman with me. You know what I mean? Which then also taps into like kind of like right. the brutality of Homelander from the boys. I was going to say, I definitely full blown Homelander thoughts. If this was a if this was a rated R movie, like this is like, uh, did you ever watch any of Invincible? No, still haven't watched. Okay. Well, there's, I mean, it's it's pretty good, but there's actually like this would kind of be like a mixture of Invincible and uh, the boys, okay. Like in terms of like Homelander's character and Omni Man kind of mix, like their story, and like if it was a radar movie where if it was that brutal and stuff like that, and like him being like an alien that has an allegiance to something outside of Earth, right? Um, but anyway, other than that, so like I really liked like the way they carried Icarus and stuff. Anyway, we'll get onto that a little bit later. So that was I thought that that was a pretty good turn, and I feel like that was kind of like a linchpin of the movie for a very long time you know like they were kind of setting up for that kind of like twist which right you know once i knew what was happening i kind of saw some of the breadcrumbs a little bit early but yeah so that was pretty good let's see the character development i thought was was okay it kind of sucks because they didn't really get the rest of the team together before the people started kind of like falling apart again action sex pieces were were good and in, in terms of like the like we'll say that like the overall like mcu affecting ending I thought it was a pretty interesting ending. I liked the kind of landscape it left, if you know what I mean. You know, also, was that volcano supposed to be Krakatoa or Sona Krakatoa? I don't know if it was supposed to be a specific place. But, um, you know, anyway, so like like that kind of like <laughs> celestial coming out of the water, kind of like being left there. I don't know. I thought that that was a pretty interesting kind of thing. You know, it's kind of like how like in Spider-Man, they're like giving um, Statue of Liberty right. cap shield and, and things like that. You know, we're seeing like actual physical changes in the mcu that you know will probably reference later and stuff so overall i i really liked it as well i probably honestly i would probably like to say like a 7.5 or 8 out of 10 but that's also just because i've kind of embraced the the like strangeness and odd you know the oddity of of the situation and of what the movie really is you know you know it's, it's not really filling the niche of like regular like an Avengers or something like that. Um, like I said, it would probably be like, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more movies like this where it's a little bit odd, a little bit more odd going into it to the future. Um, like they're doing with uh, Doctor Strange and was it into the, was it a uh, multiverse of madness? You know, it's supposed to be, you know, it's directed by Sam Raimi and it's supposed to have more of like a horror feel. And, and like it, it, from some of the rumors that that's, that's going out, it's going to be a little bit more darker across yeah. the board just in a lot of ways like with other characters as well as some current characters maybe not being a hero and more more so being a villain but we'll see how that all pans out so yeah so that's what i get from that so i guess if you want we can go ahead and move on to the questions and we'll see so the first question of abby's questions maybe stupid questions that are probably not stupid or first one was why did he make one a kid um, obviously we had already talked about this. I have no idea why. Would, I don't know. Why would he make one a kid? I do think that Sprite's 
story is is compelling in that regard but it hinges on that fact on why would one be made a kid you know what i mean and on the note of sprite Mm -hmm. being a child i think it was interesting that her powers were like the illusionist yeah Yeah. like because i feel like while being an eternal obviously like she's not your typical child Mm -hmm. but the illusion from the like imagination of a child i feel like that power fitting for that eternal was a good like artistic choice yeah i think so too you know i think that like in a lot of ways that probably applies if we look deep enough like kingo being kind of like not obsessed with power in the terms of like wanting to attain it but like being obsessed with his brother and being him, him being the most powerful and then wanting to kind of like emulate that both in within the family of the eternals and like wanting to be famous and, and stuff like that uh, you know and becoming a generational movie star yeah, exactly yeah um multi-generational uh, so funny but uh yeah but then also his power being able to kind of like manipulate energy into power and like using it and stuff i don't know maybe i'm stretching a little bit but i feel like everyone kind of has that kind of like thing that ties them personally to that power in some way based on their character and stuff but sprite specifically maybe it makes sense and maybe that was also one of the way that she was mostly able to kind of adapt to the world through her illusions because she is a kid and people wouldn't either take her seriously or it would cause her more issues because she's a kid you know what i mean like she's you know people treat kids uh in, in different ways um and they, they're more restricted and stuff so Maybe that did help her out kind of like getting her way through life because she's able to let them see whatever she wants. But I'm not really sure. Like I said, the only thing that I have reference to is that scene wherever Cersei, whenever Arsham shows Cersei the truth and like he shows all of them and they're all kind of like different shapes and sizes. And there was definitely other ones that were that were like maybe not necessarily kids, but like definitely her height and right. her size and stuff. I don't know. It is it is an odd one. They never really maybe a second watch through because I'm not quite done watching it the second time will give me an answer to that, but I don't right. know. <laughs> Let's see. Now that she made the kid a human, the kid is not gonna be in trouble. They just all turn human then. I guess so, but like obviously in the movie way, in terms of like them they should all just turn human then. She said that like she had had like the last remaining power from like coming in contact with Celestial. So that was like the last of her issues. And she was like granting Sprite her thing, which is kind of a bit messed up because Sprite also did kind of like stab her through the abdomen, like Tony Stark style, like when Thanos did, you know what I mean? Like skewered her like a kebab, Um, which is a bit rude because they've been like friends forever and they hung out with London and like were essentially roommates for a long time. And she was just like, well, also, I've kind of like loved the man who's loved you for a long time. So I'm going to stab you, which is a bit rude. But, you know, she thought about her friend in a nice way and, you know, I guess gave her exactly what she wanted. So that's where that, you know, like she only had a little bit of power left. So supposedly and that's the movie kind of magic, you know, like waning for story and plot, you know, blah, blah, blah kind of stuff. But that's where that came from, obviously. As for now that she is made- also, I think, I think some of it like on the they should all just turn mm-hmm. human part being the ones because if I recall right, it was only Cersei and Kingo who got taken up at the um, very end of too. the movie. Anyone who was on Earth, okay, yeah. anyone who was on yeah. Earth. So the other ones now whether they want to be or not, I feel like they're tasked with retrieving their friends. Oh yeah. Their family, their family. So being powerless definitely takes away from being able to do that. 
Oh yeah. So I mean, maybe it's just plot armor, but oh yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Of course. I mean, like in the and like yeah, I guess you're right. Like they have to like continue it because the Eternals will return and will return and stuff like that. So yeah, I think you're right. Like they can't all do it, and also I mean, who knows what's gonna become of Sprite? Maybe they also did that. If you think about it, you know, she can't age, right? But she can if she's human, and she is a kid. So if they want to keep Sprite in the universe for for much longer without having to recast her, you know what I mean? Like make her human so she can age and, you know, the actor will age and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Who knows? But you also never really said that she's good, she, good meta reasoning. There. Yeah, who knows? I mean, like, you know, you have to look at it from all angles, especially like paying attention to like the studio bips and the boops and like who can use what and stuff like that so you know you know sometimes you know it's kind of like football you know you go for the downs and stuff but sometimes you play to play the clock too you know what i mean like you know you gotta like box it in there so sports analogy yeah you know yeah because i'm good at sports but yeah so you know it could it could be a little bit of anything i don't know i think that it's probably just better for the story that they don't all become human but now that she has made the kid a human is the kid not going to be in trouble i don't really know what that means like in terms of like life i think referencing into the fact sprite didn't get called up with the rest of them oh yeah i guess well i mean like because i don't remember sprites yeah human now yeah actually now that you mentioned it because i don't remember sprite getting pulled up either so she's no longer an eternal so uh, erickson has no control over her so yeah i guess not she's not necessarily quote-unquote in trouble in terms of like erickson like wanting to like spank him but (laughs) she could be in trouble because you know she has no documentation and she could possibly be homeless in this, these trying times of us for our, you know, wonderful world. But see, I feel like in a post blip world, some of those issues, the documentation thing, the homeless yeah. thing in a new country thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like those are all much more lax yeah. than a pre Thanos pre blip. World. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Actually, one thing I noticed going through the movie again, one, one more time too, the little, when it shows like the, the dagger or the, the knife that Cersei like gold plates for that tribesman, he's like, yeah, bling this out. Um, and like gave it to him and then they're like showing it like in a museum or whatever. I think it's from the same people from Falcon and the Winter Soldier who like put the shield on, display and stuff and like the smithsonian or whatever I, it didn't say oh. the smithsonian but it was like there was it the global reparation council i think that was remember how like that was like, oh, a, yeah, okay. with, like the built blip and people coming back and stuff so just a small little connection there i'll talk a little more that that the breakdown as well but you know just something i thought was pretty cool okay moving on to the next question uh, if there are machines that he created not to evolve one how did they evolve to love earth and two could he not just control them to do what he wants? Well, I think that in that situation, this is kind of like the classic story, especially sci-fi story. I mean, this even goes for the Emory Wars with uh, Coed and Cambria with their story and stuff about like free will, like, you know, creator versus creation and free will and what that means and stuff, you know? So I don't think that, you know, like they're technically machines, sure, but like they bleed. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, it, how right. did they? How did they not think? For instance, like, they've lived this entire time. They get injured. Like, for God's sakes, in the beginning, you know, Icarus gets injured, and Ajax, uh, Soma Hayek, heals him. So, like, he's bleeding, and like, he's injured and stuff like that. So, like, obviously, they didn't think that they were robots. So, like, maybe they're they're like a kind of like a like a bio machine hybrid or something like that. But either way, I right. don't think he has direct like control over these things they do have some sort of free will clearly icarus didn't think that as much as the others 
like, you know, it is what it is. I have to do what I have to do. Or maybe he was a little bit more duty bound. Either way, you know, uh, the other the others were able to kind of go their own path. And that's actually one of the things, one of the interesting things I do want to talk about, especially in the breakdown again, is that I think that like they really did highlight that everyone made their own decision. And Kingo especially, you know, like he, he like everyone was expecting him to pull a Han Solo. But I mean, that's not necessarily in his character. And he made his argument very clear. But I thought it hit that character specifically was very interesting you know what i mean like how they did that so i like that a lot yeah completely agree yeah uh so how did they evolve to love earth oh i think that like with free will you know and with free will no matter what you're gonna you're gonna go towards the things that you like and 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 find out things that you don't like and try to stay away from them that's just how it goes as long as you have a choice and i do think that on the fact that they're not necessarily robots i think that they have that choice and they all found things to love in earth that were very different from each other like obviously Kingo was kind of an attention whore, and some Sprite really obviously she just loved Icarus. Uh, Icarus. Cersei loved history, even though technically she created history, <laughs> and, and then she cultivated it, I guess, or whatever. You know, like Fastos loved his family. You know, like so everyone kind of found like their own like based on their character, like one thing that they loved about it. So I, I really think it comes down to that kind of story of like creator, creation, and free will, and what that means. Let's see, kind of children, uh, yeah, do what he wants is perfect, yeah. I know they weren't supposed to interfere with uh, human stuff, but some of the stuff that happened to Earth was space stuff. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Yes. And actually, there's one thing. There's another little catch in in this that's actually pretty interesting as well, because Gilgamesh talks about getting a recipe from Odin from helping. Was it pushing back the frost giants whenever they like tried to uh, invade that town that is now New Asgard on Earth? in norway i think um so clearly they have done stuff on that scale so maybe but also okay think about like this how did they find out about this stuff like while it was happening this like this like wide scale like earth-threatening event in this movie how do they do it word of mouth I mean, they they used word of mouth and like modern technology. How fast was Thanos once he had the space stone? Like realistically, the only the only people exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that was all the stones. But like the space stone, I mean, seriously, like once he got the space stone, he can go wherever the fuck he wanted to get whatever he wanted. Where you know, as long right. as he knew where it was at. You know what I mean? So like. By the end of that, I mean, the only reason why, like, Cap was able to mobilize and do his whole thing, go to Wakanda and stuff, was because of, like, the whole being sent to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, no one knows about the Eternals. So, like, it's not like Doctor Strange is going to let them know out. I guess, yes, maybe they could have, like, tried to do something after the snap, but no one could have done something after the snap. No one. Right. Well, and just for, you know, hypothetical curiosity's sake, obviously it's not hinted at in the movie, but what did they do during the snap? I mean, I'm, like, I'm assuming. Did they just? I assume they just recluse. Yeah, like I mean, they just. They probably did. They just did their course. regular lives. I mean, whatever lives they had at the time. Right. Think about it. it. Wasn't I mean like whatever lives they have now, especially Kingo because it talks about like how his family was like the same actor and or like acting and this you know whatever. <laughs> but like this has only been a few years since like everyone came back, which means it's probably only been like maybe like seven years since the snap itself. They're probably living the exact same right. lives that they had then. I mean like everyone had to right. kind of like like do like like live their lives and push forward. I mean it was the same thing with in Endgame whenever Cap was like doing the emotional therapy kind of thing and he was like we just have to move forward and stuff. So like I don't know if they necessarily recruited away from the world, but like it was one of those things where it's like you know it happened 
half these people are gone. There's no way we could have stopped it. It already happened. And if them being Eternals, they probably understand, at least on some level, what the Infinity Stones are, so they realize that there's nothing they can do about it. So, like, what more could they do? They can't turn back time. None of them can do any of that stuff. All they were able to do was to was to fight the Deviants. One thing that is interesting, though, again, we will talk about later, is this what this implies, what this movie implies uh, for Thanos' state of mind and where he got that from. Because you find out at the end of this movie that his brother, Eros, was an Eternal. And he, in like, from one of the interviews that I read about Chloe's out, it, it has him in mind as like the Ajax version of Titan. So there were 10, they were 10 right. Eternals on Titan as well. And he was the Ajax. You know what I mean? So like, and then maybe he like, he also turned against it and stuff like that. So like, how did his mindset of knowing that like, when, when these planets reach a certain amount of people, then like the planet will die and everyone dies. How would that mentality right. affect Thanos growing up? You know right. what I mean? So in a way, Thanos, you know, this emer like they talk about it, the emergence or whatever would have happened a lot sooner if Thanos hadn't done a snap. So in some way, you know what I mean? So like in some way, like that kind of relationship affected Thanos on some deep level and whether like positively or negatively, I guess you have to look in a little bit deeper into it, kind of, I guess, you know, created the snap in, in, in some way. You know what I mean? About like living, like taking away half of the people, or like subtracting people for for like the better, you know? That kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, doing away with half yeah. the universe, because, you have to think mm -hmm. if, you know, how many emergences were stopped because of the snap. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it had to be a drought. It was like the Great Depression of emergences, you know what I mean? Like because it, it wasn't just half of Earth. No. I mean, it was half of everything. everything. Like we saw everything is close to seeing everything half of everything disappears yeah. we could have got yeah. like exactly so that's something interesting that we'll we'll definitely talk about too so i thought that was yeah interesting stuff i thought that was pretty cool let's see what was the question did we answer that question this wasn't an interview with him stuff okay stuff that it hurt that earth happened with space stuff so i'm assuming what they're what we're, what we're what she's talking about there specifically is like the snap and thanos and everything like that and I mean, even as far as like the Chitari invasion yeah. and things like that, but I mean, all of that goes hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, again, I, again, I would say that like everything was traveled. I mean, like no one even knew that Ajax was dead until like they were like, oh, you know, so they're not even like omnipotent in that way. Like they only know what's going on in their corner of everything. Like nothing even really kind of rose to anyone's attention until the earthquake. And because of how like how crazy it right. was, and they said it was like a global thing. So. Yeah, I think that it's a mixture of them not being able to find out because of, you know, their limitations. And, you know, like one, one things are done is done. You know what I mean? I mean, if they could interview, if they can help in that moment, maybe they would. But, you know, once it's passed, there's nothing you can, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, baby. Okay. Where were the living Avengers or what not to help? They just decided they were tired that day. Again, yes. I, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, you're you're expecting the Avengers to come back and and save ass and stuff. But again, you have to look at a couple things. One, we don't even know the real state of the Avengers at this point. Whatever we saw at the end uh, of Endgame was kind of, you know, was very quick and mostly Tony Stark's funeral. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, you really don't know like who's in play, who's working what. You know, I mean, Sam just supposed like just really became Cap, and what does that really mean for him? Does that mean he's actually like leading the Avengers, or is it someone else? And like Doctor Strange is like fixing Spider Man shit. Well, actually, this is I don't even know when this takes place. I know it technically came out before then, so we'll say maybe this happened before. It, 
they did just for research sake they did somewhere somehow place it into the timeline okay. i'll try to find okay. that okay. but <laughs> it, but in order to like not i don't want to sound like like uh like a broken record or anything but again it all happened so quickly you know what i mean like it was kind of like in a random volcano in like in an ocean in the middle of an ocean do you think that like word's gonna get out fast enough that the avengers are gonna go over there and like kind of scoop it up you know what i mean Right. I don't know. I feel like in almost every Avengers like situation for everyone to team up, there's got to be like an inciting thing. Anytime they ever bump into each other into the same thing, it's because it was like an accident or it's a team up movie. So maybe they were not decided that they were tired that day, but maybe the state of the Avengers isn't really what it used to be in terms of like reaction time and stuff. And also, how are they really going to find that out so quickly? I don't know. I don't know. To circle back to when it takes place. Yes. It's confirmed to be set around the same time as Far From Home, so about eight months following the events of Endgame. Okay, so I mean, so they've, yeah, so they're kind of getting everything back together now, too. And, okay, yeah, I don't know. So maybe, maybe, maybe that, that probably goes more into it that they're probably not, the Avengers isn't back to what it used to be, so they just don't have the retaction time or whatever. If Captain Marvel takes care of the universe, how did she not know about all this happening? And like nobody else knew either. Yeah, I mean, but again, this all happened very quickly. You have to think that like in terms of people having knowledge, I mean, obviously people have knowledge of like Celestials and stuff like that because of like the Guardians and them talk stock stuff. But I would say the closest they ever got to a Celestial was the Celestial's head that is nowhere. You know what I mean? And like the Power Stone, who they saw. Wasn't, wasn't Ego a Celestial? Yes. But that was a different type of celestial or something like that. You know, you know how it goes. I'm just, I'm going to put that yeah. as a win. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, you're right. You're right. But, you know, obviously he was different because he was like an actual planet and was like a brain. And the other ones at least kind of have like full forms. So I'm assuming Captain Marvel knows about celestials and stuff. But like, to what degree? Has she ever come face to face with one? I don't really know. You know, and just like that, I mean, in that same category, right? Talking about like, what? Well, how did Captain Marvel not come? How did she not know? I mean, she had never shown back up on Earth until Endgame. You know what I mean? She didn't do any of that. Right. She was off doing stuff in space, like she's been doing now. So her coming back for this one thing, I don't really, I don't really know. Especially because it's not something coming to Earth and destroying it. It's something coming out of Earth that no one's expecting. You know what I mean? So yeah, right. And like no one else knew either. Again, I, this this all happened so quickly. I mean, obviously, they're, they're just doing the general kind of like big blockbuster hit kind of thing of like where you're you're jet setting all over the world into different locations to meet with different people to talk about the issue that's coming up and people are going to die and stuff. And like that will probably take a couple of days. But, but like by the time the shit starts hitting the fan and like people like by the time the Icarus turns in the end, it's probably only a couple more hours. You know what I mean? So like, are you really going to? Yeah, right. I don't know. And what about the timekeeper guy? He didn't see this coming. Just saying timekeeper is she talking about the watcher um i think more so like kang kang the conqueror well first of all like any first of all kang is but also i mean the watcher could be in place yes but also the big thing about the watcher but the watcher watches and doesn't exactly that's i mean that's that's, except when he yeah and then then he gets an episode out of a show or gets a whole show and then you know which by the way just as a side note i thought thought the show was okay i would probably like say like a six out of ten i mean there was a lot of cool parts to it i would 
actually rank it a okay. little higher. Well, but I feel like yeah. that's a that's a whole other thing. Okay, yeah. So let's see. Let me answer that question. Yeah. So if we're talking about Kang, Kang is dead, and then now the new versions that of Kang supposedly coming, like I know he's supposed to show up in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. They're they're evil versions of him, so they're like the villain anyway. So he wouldn't help out anyway. And if she is talking about the Watcher. Then again, he just watches, baby. That's all he does. He's a, he's a, he's in a voyeurism, baby. Exhibitionist, baby. Okay. That's a big word for a eleven o'clock on a hey, Sunday night, baby. especially Sunday night. The Bible Belt, baby. Okay, and so that's all the questions there. So is uh, I hope Abby listens to this, um, so we can she can get some of the answers. I don't know if if we have the right answers or if she'll like our answers, but she can take that up with us later. Yeah, so I have uh, doing the breakdown that I'm doing. So it's the sec- second watch through. I'm kind of going through and writing down kind of like a quick synopsis, kind of like scene breakdowns and like anything important to kind of go over and stuff. It's taking me a long ass time. So it's going to be a little bit longer. But you know, that's what it is. So before we're done, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? No, I think see. we hit everything that I was thinking um, of. Yeah, um, let's see. Let me, let me let me see if there's anything else I can I can think of. I really liked. I really liked Druig. I thought his whole like compound. I mean, like his mind control thing was kind of messed up. But I liked him as a character where he was like wanting to save the world to the point of like controlling it. Controlling yeah. them is like control is safety was yeah and he was like i know i can save them if i can control them you know what i mean um i thought it was i thought it was pretty cool i liked i liked makari i liked how she was fast but she wasn't like ungodly fast where she was like unseeable like she still was slow enough where you can like see her kind of like actions and stuff but she was still like the fight scenes with her especially with her versus icarus was like dude no, those were great it was cool those action set pieces were dope i even liked fastos in the end when he really stuck at icarus you know what i mean like that really was one of my favorite parts of the entire movie what fastos what was him just being fed up with icarus and being like you will stay on this beach like yeah. yes i mean it was i mean it kind of i don't think they were going for like the um like ses- sexism or kind of chauvinistic aspect where like where everyone like, even though cersei was clearly chosen to be the leader and everyone was like calling him boss anyway i think fastos was already a little bit sick of icarus like he's always kind of like always been sick of that little, like bravado <laughs> he's just always been, been yeah so, yeah and he was like finally just like i mean like he's not really like icarus isn't the kind of guy who like goes off and like makes big speeches necessarily but like he's the guy that like is like i don't know always taking charge and Anyway, the point is, is I think that like fast was kind of sticking to him in the end was was pretty cool. I liked that a lot too. I know I mentioned it earlier. I really liked how Kingo was not in the ending, even though I like his ability and I would love to see him fight. It's also why I'm kind of glad he got like that head bursting moment in the woods and like Druig's compound really like charged up and you know got all gross and stuff. I loved his guy, his friend who was like Karun Patel, the guy who was like like filming oh, his everything. ballet. Yeah, and he said that he like he he tried to like stake him in the heart because he thought he was a vampire when he was like nineteen or something like that. It's so funny too. I love it. Let's see. I have a list of all the actors. Let me see what I thought was good. Oh, dude, I loved Thena's story. I loved it. I mean, like it was yeah. You know, for, for Angelina Jolie, like especially being kind of like a triple A movie star, maybe not now somewhere, not so much now, but back in the day. I thought that her story was pretty was well reserved was pretty good. I liked how she was kind of like at a drop of a hat, 
you know, she could be a villain or a hero, but in the end it was, it kind of made sense because when you find out like what the exactly they were and their memory wipes and everything, that was pretty cool. And obviously their relationship, like where Gilgamesh and, and Athena was beautiful. And then her final fight with that kind of like deviant uh, evolution was pretty sick, dude. Also, there was a, there was a moment I literally laughed out loud in the end whenever the kid was asking her about her powers and stuff. And like, asked, yeah, dude, it literally made me laugh because like she was sticking her ha- fingers in the toasters and stuff. And it reminds me so much of work that like of like doing something completely ridiculous and like being that confused of like not knowing your surroundings, people like, but being cognitive enough to have a conversation and then doing the inappropriate thing that you're not supposed to do. Like it's regular. You know what I mean? So to me, like that was just kind of like a comic booky version of what I deal with at work. So like, to me, it was like really funny. It was like laugh out loud. Funny. I loved it so much. Anyway, sorry. What were we saying? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Sprite was okay. I mean, she had like her biggest moments were obviously were, or the ending and, and stuff like that. But as a character, she was fine. Fastos, I love Fastos. Makari was amazing. Druig was awesome. Gilgamesh. Oh, poor Gilgamesh. And obviously, Ajax really didn't get much screen time. Yeah. Not in present day. This we really had more flashback oh, Ajax yeah. than we had yeah. anything else. Yeah. I heard that the uh, the uh, Selma Hayek has actually signed up for multiple movies in the MCU. So I don't know if Ajax is going to be like full, like, like, back in the time i don't know back in the day or what but apparently she's supposed to be she's on up for multiple movies i'm not sure that's definitely interesting considering that marvel doesn't like the same person to have a multiple you say that role. you say that but the woman who played cersei was one of the people that was in the squad and captain marvel she was the blue lady that said it's a real shithole you know i'm talking about huh. same lady huh. yeah but they were like man she's got real like this this part is too small for her we have to give her something good you know what i mean also i know he didn't get a lot of screen time but it's because they're building him up for later but my boy kit harrington as dane whitman yeah which yeah, is so completely lost on yeah. that one dude oh, okay so he plays a guy named black knight which if i'm not mistaken is like he there's been multiple people who have the mantle because it's, it's based on the sword I forget the name of the sword. Okay. But I think it's kind of like like it used to be like a space knight who got sent to Earth and lost his planet and now he has like the sword that like has So essentially the sword you make a deal a pact with it or oath or whatever. So like the more blood you spill the crazier you get. But like he essentially becomes a badass and that's why the sword like reacted to his touch or like his almost touch and stuff in the end you know what I'm talking about. The end scene. Right. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to essentially be a sword wielding badass. It kind of like the way the sword reacted was mm-hmm. almost to me like a venom symbiote yeah. reaction. Kind like, of like a, just like a venom symbiote like, or the kind of like White Walker sword stuff. You know what I mean? Like the kind of like, yeah. I don't know, because they had like the frost kind of look to it. So that's what that, that really is. And that's why he was like, well, remember, no more secrets. Well, let me tell you about my family. You know what I mean? So like he's right. he's got like a family. I guess his dad, like in the comics, his dad was the was the black knight and stuff like that so they're setting up his character for that and the voice that talked to him was blade was mahershala's ali's blade so they've confirmed that yeah so like in the comics black knight and blade have had like interactions and stuff so like in the in the next blade movie he may show up as or like start kicking ass and stuff who knows who i have no idea yeah i know i think that for kind of like an outside foray from like the kind of standard marvel shtick they, they did a very good job you know they did they did a really good job i mean for two and a half hours you know like taking 10 characters i mean probably more likely eight that really got the time 
and then kind of like making you like him enough and then kind of kill some off make you feel bad turn some against him and stuff like that and um and then have an ending where like they're literally so fractured and so pulled apart and like it like you know like it's everything's kind of stacked against them i think that they, they did a really good job they got a really really good director who also wrote on it and i don't know i know it was like i don't it, I, I i i liked it a lot more than i think some people did but i hope that it keeps on going because it shows like a whole different side technically this is like the creation story of the marvel universe because like that's how like everything gets born you know what i mean like like maybe not rsm but like the obviously like the emergences and them creating planets and stuff like that so like that's a whole thing but it could also be more to the story that we don't know that we don't find until later i mean they thought that they were from came from a planet that doesn't even exist you know what i mean so there could right. be there could be more to the story like arshim like he's like i feel like he's like not just like the great like the creator but he's also like the great deceiver in a lot of ways like i feel like he 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 thrives by having the wool pulled over their eyes so to speak so yeah so in terms of like grading the, uh, the movie i think i think that it's a it's kind of a knockout of the park while not perfect in a lot of ways i think that it has a lot for it that kind of elevates it and makes it better than probably some of the i would say a lot of more of the standalone like more comic book feely movies like i liked i liked captain marvel i liked captain marvel better the second time i watched it but like some of i don't know like i mean ant-man is good every movie is good for what it is but this movie i feel like was a better like a higher quality marvel movie than some of the ones that we've received if that makes any sense doesn't necessarily mean I it's agree with like a, a very good movie in a lot of a lot of ways but like it's higher quality like it, it felt more like an oscar movie and i think that came mostly because of the director like it's so beautifully shot and the action sequences were really cool i felt like the, like the way that you kind of like felt about the characters who i thought was was like the way they were represented like icarus really did feel kind of like a brick house in a lot of ways even though he's not necessarily the most imposing figure you know yeah so anyway, so that's pretty much it. So we've kind of gone over that. And then I'm going to still be working on my breakthrough to kind of go through the scenes and stuff. Okay, well, then that's it, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And talk to you later. Well, well, here we are after our first discussion. I probably should have warned you that your boy was a bit long-winded but hopefully you get to know a little bit more about that the more that we make these you know i've had a really good time making this even though it was kind of small and mostly just a conversation between me and my friend at the end of the day it was really fun and you know i'm still putting a lot of research in for the breakdown that i'm going to be doing of eternals and that's definitely going to be happening i don't know how exactly it's going to break down but i'm i'm working on it now but yeah man it's a uh, it's been fun doing this. I normally don't get out of my shell to kind of do this kind of thing, and uh, I've had a, a lot of fun doing it. So, that being said, if this does get down to anyone, if anyone actually listens to this and you think it's interesting, you know, you thought the same thing, or you want to hear someone kind of talk about the movies or things that you love, then that's great. I'd like you to leave some comments and like it, review it, whatever you want, and uh, let me know what I did right and what I did wrong. I know the internet can be kind of rough, and that's okay. I got a thick skin, but I'm willing to kind of keep charging forwards and do what I need to do, feel like I need to do to make this right. So go ahead and give me some suggestions, guys. I really appreciate it. I love y'all. Be good. Peace.